All right, you can come closer, kids. Come on close. Because I want you to see, I have a very special Bible to show you. It's a, it's a different Bible. You notice, see, show them the front cover. It says Holy Bible on it, right? We all know how important the Bible is. It's CPK and DK. You guys go and learn about the Bible. You learn about Jesus. You learn about God, right? Okay. So um, I want to first read you a verse out of Scripture. And this is out of 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 through 17. That's for the adults so they know what I'm doing. Because I know you guys already know. So that's just for the adults. But Timothy was brought to Jesus by his mommy and grandma. How about that? They probably called him Timmy, not Timothy. But I'm going to call him Timothy. Okay. So this is kind of like a dad writing to him. A guy named Paul wrote this letter to Timothy to help him along. So here's what he said to Timothy. He says, however, continue in what you have learned and found to be true. You know who your teachers were from infancy, that is from the time he was a little baby, just like little Heather over here, this little baby over here, those cute little babies. Taylor. Taylor. His mommy and daddy taught him the word of God. They have the power to give you wisdom, the word does, so that you can be saved through Jesus Christ. And uh, that's why we want to look at Scripture, because it tells us about Jesus. Not only can we receive him and have a relationship with the Lord, but we can grow up. We can get bigger in Jesus because of the Bible. But you know what, kids? I know you know this already. I'm just saying this so the adults understand, because I know you know this. If we don't know Jesus, we won't understand what the Bible has to say. And look, look what this Bible does. Look at something's wrong with my Bible. What's wrong? It's blank pages. There's nothing in there. That's not even a good Bible, is it? But if you receive Jesus in your life and you start reading the Bible or your mom or your daddy read it to you or your brother or your sister, then you start to see things in the Bible you hadn't seen before. Look at that. There's outline pictures, black and white drawings. Pretty neat. How did Mrs. Mellon do that? But I'll tell you what, if you really want to learn about Jesus, you must be obedient to what you know. It's just like obeying your mommy or daddy when they ask you to do something. You will want to obey God because he loves you. And he says, you know, if you love me, you'll do what I ask you to do. Because I love you, I died for you. And if you do that, the Bible will take on a whole new dimension for you. You see that? It's color pages. Wow, how does Mrs. Mellon do these things? That's why I have her here. So here's the point, kids. Oh, does everybody see those color pages? Here's the point. God's word will lead us to him so that we can have eternal life with him, that we can live in heaven with him. It also helps us to grow up. Just like plants need water and nutrition, we do too, and we get that from the word of God. The Bible is God's word, and we should pay attention to it, right? We grow up in Jesus when we do what he asks us to do, and that's another word for that is obeying. When we obey what God asks us to do, we grow, and we change, and we become more like Jesus. So I want to, for the new year, I know you know that's a long way away. It's a couple days away, which is a long time, I know. But 2019... 
if you could start reading the Bible on a regular basis or have somebody help you to read it, your mommy, daddy, brother, or sister, uncle, grandpa, they can help you understand what Jesus' word says and you can learn more about him and grow closer to him. So at this time we're going to pray, okay? Can you bow your heads? And we're going to talk to Jesus. Jesus, we thank you for these lives, these young lives. We thank you for your Bible. We thank you that you came to earth as a little baby and you grew up and you know what it's like to grow up just like these children are growing up. And we ask that you would help them, Lord, to look into your word that the Bible, the written word that you gave us to help them to live their lives obediently to you, that you would give them victory over the sin in their lives, Lord. Help them come to Jesus if they don't know you. And thank you, Lord, for each and every life here. In the name of Christ, we pray. Amen. Thank you, kids. You're welcome to go back. So really, that was my intro for your, your part of my uh, sermonette, I'll say. And uh, I think we titled this particular time as hope for the new year. And I really wanted to center on looking at God's word, maybe a little differently, thinking of some things. And uh, I only have a short time. I know because we have children here, I want to respect that. I know what it's like sitting in church with your kids. Now, I've never been a mother, but I do understand and have a lot of sensitivity towards moms at these times, because that's usually the toughest uh, for them. So, uh, but I want to encourage you toward the Lord in that uh, I have a three-point outline for those of you that like notes. I don't have a PowerPoint, but uh, my first point will be, number one, a warning. Okay, number two will be the answer, and number three is the challenge. And after that, there'll be a, a call to pray. So we have number one is a warning, number two is the answer, number three is the challenge for those of you who like to take notes. It's been a tough year, hasn't it? I mean, we have tough years, but this one's been, I think, uh, more tough for more people uh, with the fires, the car fire, the campfire, and other fires throughout California, storms throughout the United States. We've had death of loved ones. We've had illnesses. Some of those we're still dealing with, hospitalizations. We have the loss of a pastor, broken relationships, men and women, boys and girls, all of these things. But you know, these are, uh, if you look through history, these things happen all the time. And I'm not saying we shouldn't have compassion for those things. We certainly should, and we should not ignore them. And we should be ministering to one another, and we do. We do that really well. So where is our hope? I think we know, is, especially if you know the, the Lord, if you're a believer, you know your hope is in the Lord. You know those words, but sometimes that doesn't make it any easier, does it? Just because you know those words. So hopefully I can encourage you through God's word because his word does tell us he is our hope. And that's where I want to direct you. It's toward him by directing you toward his word. It says in Psalm 119, verse 114, and you probably won't have time to turn to all of these, so I'll, I'll try and repeat myself. You, you, Lord, are my hiding place and my shield. I hope in your word. I hope in your word. Psalm 119, 114. Psalm 119, verse 147. I rise before dawn and I cry for help. I hope in your words. Psalm 119, verse 166. I hope for your salvation, O Lord, 
and I do your commandments. You remember I talked about obeying with the children and somebody was sharing part of their testimony with me just before this morning and uh, the key to part of the change of that was realizing where obedience plays in the growth as a Christian. The key to many of our struggles and problems we have when we're just kind of living for the Lord like the Laodicean church, we're lukewarm but not really on fire for him, we're not being obedient. And that's one of, one of the calls I'd like to make. So for the warning, number one, do we sometimes get gospel amnesia? I love that term. It's not original with me. We forget the gospel as Christians. We live in a very wealthy country, and I know some of us, you're struggling with money. You're struggling with things. I'm not saying that you're not. But comparatively to other countries, we are still rich. Even the poorest of the poor here are not like the poor in other countries. I know we know that. So we tend to think we're des we deserve things. We tend to think that uh, I should have that house and the two-car garage and the nice two cars and the insurance and all that and the, the high wages. And, and we think uh, that's, that's what we deserve, you know? And we forget why we're here. So are we believing that gospel that we said we believed maybe so long ago, maybe just a short time ago? Is it making a difference in the way I live, the way I speak, the way I think, the way I behave? 2 Corinthians 5.17, this says, therefore, if anyone, any person is in Christ, he's a new creation. Am I acting like that new creation, it says in 2 Corinthians 5.17. Galatians 5 talks about the fruit of the Spirit, and I apologize, I can't go to every one of these passages. I promised I'd make this short, and I don't have a history of that. So I'm trying to keep my promise. Galatians 5, it talks about the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, etc. It also talks about the flesh fruit, but I want to talk about the fruit. Am I loving? And love in 1 Corinthians 13 says it's patient, it's kind, it's gentle. It doesn't keep account of things wrong. Do we do that? Are we living for Jesus? And all of this, all of this is in his word. It's not new to me. It's in his word. Communion service. I bring this up because at communion, we're supposed to try and remember something, right? We're remembering something, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, the significance of that. That's the gospel in a nutshell. We're supposed to remember that periodically together and the significance of that. Ephesians 2, verses 12 and 13, the first word says, remember, remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Those are the people we're supposed to be reaching. We were there one time. We were lost. We had no hope. But now, it says, in Christ Jesus, you, were once, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Again, the gospel brings us close to Jesus. That is the answer that we should be sharing with those that really have no hope. So this is a warning. Please, don't have gospel amnesia. Remember the gospel and what it has to do with your daily life as well as that moment of salvation. It wasn't just, we call this in, in grammar, punctiliar. It's not like a period on a page. It's more like that's the starting place and it continues forever. 
from that moment of salvation? The answer, in in our Sunday school class, the Berean Sunday school class, we're going through Revelation chapters 2 and 3. There it talks about seven churches. Two of those churches do a good job. The other five, no, they don't. Okay, and it goes from from the uh, good churches of Smyrna and uh, Philadelphia, those are the two good ones, all the way to Laodicea, which is the one we're looking at now. And Jesus said about Laodicea, I want to vomit you out of my mouth because you're lukewarm. That's pretty, I mean, the, the word in the original language is vomit. So God doesn't pull any punches. So somewhere on that spectrum, we're there. But in every one of those five churches that are not where they should be, God says, repent and return to me. Repent and return to me. That is the answer. God's word tells us not to focus on our time, energy, and talents on this side of heaven, but to focus on his goals and priorities. And those are laid out where? In the Bible. He tells us what he wants. It's not a secret. How to live. To tell others about Jesus. I want to read a short paragraph uh, from D. Martin Lloyd-Jones. He was a pastor from the 20th century. He talks about what repentance is. I liked his description. Repentance means that you realize that you are guilty, vile sinner in the presence of God, that you deserve the wrath and punishment of God, that you are hellbound. Now here he's talking about coming to salvation, coming to know Christ for the first time. It means that you begin to realize that this thing called sin is in you, that you long to get rid of it, and that you turn your back on it in every shape and form. You renounce the world, whatever the cost, the world in its mind and outlook as well as its practice, and you deny yourself and take up the cross and go after Jesus Christ with all your life, heart, soul, and mind. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 5. For you note-takers, 1 Peter chapter 1, 3 through 5. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So there's our hope. It's a living hope from the moment you're saved. Because of Jesus, he lived the perfect life, he died the perfect death, and he's now interceding for us at the right hand of the Father. 1 Peter 1, 3 through 5 continues, to an inheritance. We actually have an inheritance as believers. It's imperishable. It will not disappear. It's undefiled. It's holy. It's unfading. It won't go away. It's kept for you, each of you, in heaven, who by God's power are being guarded. God guards you. This brother who shared with me earlier in the service when he was uh, really into drugs and messing around and trying to befriend all these people in the world, he, he knew he was a believer at the time. They knew it because they didn't even want to hang around him even though he was in sin because they could sense the light in him even though he couldn't. Isn't that amazing? Even then, God was guarding this brother to bring him back to himself through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. So God has saved us permanently. He's got a grip on you. If you're saved, if you're struggling, you can confess your sin 100 times a day. He will always restore you and put you back up on your feet. That's also part of our job as fellow brothers and sisters in Christ is to come along one another and do that. 
So point three, the challenge. And for my challenge here today is something very simple. It's a very simple obedience, and that is to just to simply read and obey God's word this year in 2019. That, that was my challenge to the children. I'm not sure if they understood that, uh, but it's my challenge to you. It's my challenge to me. And I exhort you to be like Epaphras and Timothy. You may not know Epaphras. You may. But in Colossians chapter 1, verses 3 through 8, Epaphras' name is held up because he was a faithful servant of God. How would you like to have your name in the Bible like that? It says this in verse Colossians 1, 3, and we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Wow. (laughs) Maybe we should just stop there and pray on our needs. And that's what we're going to start doing next year, by the way. On Wednesdays, we're going to start coming together in the evenings. We want to pray for you and this church all the time. Not just because we're in this season that we're in, but always. And here is the example. Paul writing to Colossa, the believers. They, he was with others. We pray for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints, because of the hope, and that's what we're talking about, hope based on God's word laid up for you in heaven. They had a hope beyond this earth. You know, as you get older, I'm 65. I hate to admit that, but it happens. If you're around long enough, you'll turn 65, really. You, you get aches and pains. Don't, many of you know this much more than I do, okay? You get aches and pains. You can't stay up as long. Your attention's not good. Your eyesight fades. You can't eat the things you used to eat. Oh, this is terrible. My hope is not on this side of heaven, though. My hope is in the future, which may be tonight, hallelujah, Maranatha, Lord come. Okay? But if not, God will sustain me, and those things are not as important as the spiritual parts of my life. So the challenge here is this. Of this you have heard, I think it's verse 4, Colossians 1, before in the word of the truth, the gospel which has come to you is indeed in the whole world it is bearing fruit and increasing. God was just growing his church as it also does among you, since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God and truth, just as you learned it from Epaphras, that's his name, our beloved fellow servant. Epaphras shared the gospel with the Colossians. Perhaps that's how that church got started. What a wonderful heritage. He was faithful. His name is mentioned here. And it talks about the hope laid up for those believers in Colossae because Epaphras obeyed and shared the gospel Because he loves God, he loved people, and he shared the hope, the hope of eternity with these men, women, boys, and girls. And then it says about this, he is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has been made known to us your love in the spirit. Praise God for men like Epaphras, women who are faithful to God. Finally, I want to kind of end this section on the challenge with 2 Corinthians 3, verses 14 through 17 couple of these verses, it's very, very well known. Maybe in Awana, the kids have memorized 2 Timothy 3.16 or 15 um, through 17. Um, but so let's slow down here and look at that just for a minute. You, however, continue in the things you have learned. I love that exhortation. When we became believers in Christ, somebody shared their faith with you at some point. It might have been a number of people. 
they shared the word, they shared uh, where you were, where you need to be before Christ, and you came to God, you repented, you changed, God made you into a new man or woman, boy or girl, and now you're different. Here it says Timothy knew childhood, he knew from childhood the sacred writings because his mother and grandmother were faithful to teach him. And I pray that there are men in homes, but I know that's not true now. They're not men leaders in homes. We pray for men leaders, but if there are no men leaders, we need to pray for our women, okay? To uphold them and come alongside them. Or any, any single parent for that matter. Or sometimes now it's grandparents taking care of their grandchildren, right? Pray for that especially if you know of it in the body of Christ. Pray for their strength. Come alongside them. If they have trouble doing this with their kids, maybe you can help them. How about that for a small group project? Doesn't have to be a small group. Could be anything. You know of a mom who's struggling. She's just working and taking care of kids. She does, literally does not have time. Another lady or a, a man in the appropriate setting could share and do that. It's a practical homework assignment. Come alongside the body. So here's what the sacred writings, the Bible, is able to do, which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith which is in Christ. So we learn about our condition, our lostness, and God found us. He was proactive. He took the initiative. He sent his son Jesus for us, for you, for me. So what now? talked about a warning, talked about the answer to that, repenting and returning. We've talked about the challenge to obedience through wording, reading the Word of God or coming alongside somebody else. That's just a very small thing. There's much more to it. But the Bible will tell you the details if you read it. So our hope for the new year, for our growth, for there may be people here that don't know Jesus. God has got the door open for you. He loves you. He died for you. For those that are struggling in their relationship, that same Jesus that died for you is making intercession for you and making a way back. Don't be too proud to get on your knees. You know, 1 John 1, 9, I, like, I call that a working verse. Those are verses you've got to use all the time. If we confess, if we agree with God what he calls sin to be sin, he is faithful, he is just to forgive us and to cleanse us Put us back in the right relationship with him, and he'll do that any time of day, night. He will do that. So I'd like to call us to a time of prayer. Before I do that, I want to let you know, now some of you already have Bible reading plans, and, and there's various sorts. I'm not telling you what type to do. I, because I'm a little OCD, made seven different styles. I printed out 20 copies of each and put them back on the visitor's desk. You don't have to use any of those. But if you're wondering, oh, I've never done this before, or I'm kind of wondering what to do, or maybe I'd like to do something different, there's a chronological one there, okay? There's one through the New Testament only, and etc. And there are more than that, but I only put seven. That is a tool for you. It's not everything. Because we can read it, then we need to understand it, then we need to do something about it. That's the other part of that. But I want to, as a call to prayer, I want to read out of Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 through 14. You know, Jesus died for you. Have you thought of that? We know that intellectually. 
to God who had a perfect triune relationship with himself. Perfect, didn't need anything. We rebelled in the beginning. The first kids were, one of them was a murderer. Eventually God flooded the earth and saved eight people, Noah and his family. Out of those eight people, that's where we come from. God did all that. And then, and then, he sent his son, perfect, to die for you. He was born to die for you and me. He loves you that much. Excuse me. There aren't many people I would die for. I I have to be honest with you. If we know where we really stand before God, there was nothing in and of ourselves that was of worth, and yet God sent his only son to die for you. He loves you. Struggling Christian, he loves you. I don't know where you're at, where you've been this year. If your life has been mediocre, if you've been rebellious toward God, I I really, I don't know. You know, I I have all I have to deal with me. (laughs) But God loves you and he gave us this beautiful book with his words in it that were breathed out by him to help us. He gave us one another, the body of Christ, the people of Christ. He gave us his spirit. You are not alone. You are not alone. God died for you because he loves you. I want you to imprint that on your eyeballs. God loves you. Will you believe that? If you believe that, you're going to change. You will not remain the same. You will not remain the same. Colossians 1, 9 through 14. By the way, Paul's writing from prison. In those days, prisons were flooded. The refuse, the sewer system, would sometimes be flooded through those prisons while the prisoners were in there. And this is the kind of place he was at. And yet, he, he never talks about any of that. He, instead, he's encouraging these believers in Colossa. Why? Because he knew Jesus died for him. He knew what his hope was in his future. Right then and in the future. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you. There are fellow believers in prison with him, and they're praying. Wow, they're praying. They're praying. They're not complaining asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Why? So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. Do you know that Jesus loves you? Every time you look at a cross, every time you hear his name, he loves you. Fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit. So I walk in a manner worthy to him. I bear fruit in every good work and increase in the knowledge of God. May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. I know that's one of the things we struggle with as believers. I struggle with the power. How am am I in the power of the Holy Spirit? Am I yielding to him so I'm useful? We need one another for that. We need God's word. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption the forgiveness of sins remember that God forgave your sins because I know Satan will throw that up in your face especially those of you who have struggled from your past God paid for that you don't owe anything Jesus paid it all he said so changed people tell others 
about Jesus because they're changed. If you're a believer, God has changed you. Let's pray. God, we call on you, our one hope. We call on your power. We call on your ability to help grow us up in Jesus if we know you. We call on your ability to save us if we don't know you. Help us, Lord, to love one another as you loved us, to be a living sacrifice for the sake of Christ, to remember why we are here, to remember our hope in Jesus Christ, to remember that the gospel was not just a one point in time thing, but it, its effects are now forever in our lives and it, our fruit of our lives should bear that. Help us, Lord, in being obedient out of joy, thankfulness, because you loved us, you died for us. Help us, Lord, to live that way in obedience to you. In the name of Christ, we pray. Amen.